everyone. Welcome to Formed Together. I'm so glad that you stumbled across this podcast. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors at Reunion Christian Church in the greater Boston area. It's a church that is putting this podcast together. I'm really excited to be joined by some of the staff here at Reunion. We got an exciting conversation for today, and I think it's going to be really beneficial for all of us in this process of being formed together in the way of Jesus. So let me introduce everybody just real quick in case you're not familiar or connected with Reunion. We have Matt, who's our executive pastor at Reunion. You want to say hey, Matt? Hey. He's the, he's the most lively one of the group for sure. We also have Jeff, who's our Quincy location pastor. Hey, everybody. And uh, Clayton, who's our South End Associate and Life Communities Pastor. Hey, what's up? Hey. Well, why did we laugh when you introduced me? Well, you know, just how it is. How's everybody doing, though? Seriously, you guys good? I really appreciate you guys being here. I know you're kind of paid to be here, but I also am just glad that you're able to jump on. And I think we're going to have a good, <laughs> good time and a good conversation today. Just so everybody knows, our conversation today is really birthed out of just kind of this reality that we've seen COVID go on and on. It feels like isolation and quarantine is never going to end. We're almost a year into it now, and we were supposed to be quarantined for two weeks, and I think we're on week like 50 or something like that. So at the beginning of all of this, though, we saw the church kind of as a whole do some really amazing things. We saw prayer gatherings started, starting. We saw churches working together to serve their cities, to have meals being made for people who tested positive for COVID and were dealing with other food insecurities, all kinds of amazing stuff. And somewhere along the way, as this reality just dragged on and dragged on, I think it's fair to say we got just tired. We lost a little bit of the fire. And, and this isn't intended to be a podcast that simply just says people need to show back up to church or anything like that. Although I'm sure there's some element of that that we'll probably talk about. But for me, this came from a sermon that I heard from a pastor that I know in New York named John Tyson. And in the sermon, John, he talked about a moment for the church in the midst of this pandemic as we're trying to usher in this new kingdom of love and grace as we're trying to move in the midst of all of this and bring about the kingdom of Jesus. And so many of us, he said, are finding ourselves just binge watching Netflix. And he had this line, I thought it was, amazing. He said, 50 years from now, our grandkids are going to look at us and they're going to ask about the COVID pandemic that they're reading about in their textbooks. And they're going to ask how we lived in the middle of all of it and what we did to respond to it. And far too many of us are going to have to say, we watched Tiger King, right? Like that is going to be the height of what we did in the midst of this pandemic. So I want to start this conversation with you guys by just asking this. Clearly, this pandemic is going to last longer than we expected. Most of us, we realize we're looking probably at the fall before we have the amount of vaccines distributed, before we're able to meet together. With so much time left on the horizon, what would you like to see the church do differently in a 2021 COVID season than we saw in a 2020 COVID season? First, I was going to say that in 50 years, if my grandkids are asking me what I did in the pandemic, I'll have to pull out my false teeth and you know, crank the wheelchair a little bit to make sure I get close enough to them they can hear me whisper 
I'll be 98. Um, but anyway, I, I don't think the question is wrong. Like there is an opportunity here. Are we wasting it? You know, it feels like there's something more that can be done than simply wait it out. And I think the challenge for me has been knowing how to instigate that or how to like even get my own life in a place where I can be a part of something that's bigger and greater than just watching the clock, you know, and, and hoping that, you know, this season ends soon. And the church has this immense opportunity in front of us to like rethink how we minister I mean, we're a, a gospel-infused organization that should be malleable to our times. I mean, times change and, and the church should change. And I wonder if this is really just kind of like putting some overdrive into the ideas and how that might happen. And I think if we're, if we're really paying attention, we might be able to see some of that and be riding a wave of it instead of kind of getting crushed by it. And that, that's my prayer, but I don't have a great answer for the specifics of that, I, I, I wish that I did. Maybe if I did, then, you know, <laughs> the conversation would flow a lot better, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now personally, is I want to be a part of something bigger. I want to see change that's meaningful and allows the church to be as vibrant as it should be, especially in a time like this. And I feel like it's, it's possible, but I'm still not sure what that is. Yeah, I think, I think if you look at reunion specifically in the beginning of the pandemic, I think we did a good job of pivoting in terms of offering a lot of different things for our community to be engaged with. But I think all of us can admit at this point, everyone's like zoomed out, everyone's tired, like kind of things that you mentioned, Nathan. And if I think about what we did in 2020 versus what we need to be in 2021 it's going to be different because this even though we're still in pandemic it's just a different season for everyone and I, like jeff i'm not sure exactly what that means but i do think in a lot of ways i think we realize that we can't manufacture community just by what we offer i think that's something i realized in this season i think we tried and i think in some ways we were successful in the beginning but i think now people are so zoomed out that even if we offered things, all these different things, I'm not sure if our community would really engage as much in that because we're all just tired. However, community is still really important for every person. Mm -hmm. And so that responsibility now is placed no longer on the church itself, the organization, but in our community to engage other people. And I think that's really what I see, I would love to see our community do is that we have to be, take the initiative now and no longer put the responsibility on some great idea that maybe Reunion has or some other church has, but we actually have to reach out. We actually have to engage, you know, different people. I think that's a great point. And I would just jump on that and say, I think for us and for a lot of churches, you know, as you, as you pivoted in the midst of all of this at the beginning of 2020, we did what you you try to do best and so we created spaces for people to you know live out some of these things to engage in community and those are great and they're important 
But I also wonder if moving forward, there is a need to just kind of shift the mindset of like, instead of come to this Zoom prayer meeting, let's cultivate a heart and a habit of prayer. And instead of coming to one more, you know, I don't, I don't know if training is the right word or one more, let's talk about what it means in our groups to live that out in our everyday lives. Because I do think it's fair to say people are tired of Zoom. I mean, like, we're, all, we're all tired of Zoom. You know, our whole jobs have shifted to that. And I said in the intro podcast anymore, someone asks you to a Zoom happy hour and you're like, oh, I got another meeting on Friday night. And you would never think that if you're going to a happy hour with friends on any other situation. But I do think there's there's something to churches no longer having these kind of mass programs, but instead talking about in our life communities and formation communities, what it looks like to live these things out every day. Absolutely. I think what I, I hear you guys describing is what I would call a, a pretty foundational shift in focus, which is something realistically the church has needed to do for a while. I'm not just talking about reunion. I'm talking about like the American church. When I say that for a long time, the dominant focus in the American church has been putting on an event that people will come to with good speaking, good music, you know, whatever it takes to get people in the door. And that clearly wasn't working that well, given that like prior to 2020, every demographic in America was decreasing in church attendance. And this is all happening while the dominant mantra of many churches in the States has been come to church, come to church, come to church, which then in 2020 changed to tune in online, tune in online, watch us, you know, and, um, and that obviously wasn't all that effective either. Putting on an event, whether it's in person or online, as the dominant focus just really wasn't working. And I mean, we saw that in 2020. I, I saw an article a couple of days ago that one in three practicing Christians totally disengaged from their church, which, I mean, as pastors, I don't think probably surprises us. But I think for a lot of people, that number might be might be fairly surprising. And I think really what we've seen, or at least what I've seen in, in 2020, you know, a lot of the things that you guys are describing really comes down to me to a shift in focus from putting on an event and hoping people get discipled along the way to really making discipleship, right? At what we call at reunion, apprenticeship to Jesus, making that the dominant focus of everything that we do in every environment that we're, that we're interacting in. I totally agree. I, I would love to see the church reunion included, but just the broader church in America make that shift because, you know, Jeff, as you mentioned a couple of weeks ago in your message, that, that law of the farmer where, you know, what you, whether you plant or don't plant, you're not going to, you'll see the same results the next day, but it's, it's going to be months down the road that you see the difference in those, those two different tactics. I think what we've seen in 2020 is that focal point that the church has had for, for way too long, kind of coming home to roost in a way. The law of the farmer of the law of the harvest is that idea that you plant now and you reap later and sometimes much later. And we've, as a church, I think, tried to adopt more of the law of the microwave. You know, we'll, we'll put it in, it better come out in 10 minutes or less. And if it doesn't, then I'm you know, going to search out another product. You know, it's, it's impossible to think that it can work that way and sustain itself for long without having 
some serious consequences. And maybe that's the consequence that we're experiencing right now as we've kind of all been forced to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know, are, have we been trying to microwave faith for people in, you know, the manner that we've been doing it? Has it really ultimately made people, you know, an inch deep and a mile wide? And I, I don't know the answer to that because I, I don't see in people's hearts, but I do feel like this is an opportunity to really come to terms with some of that and hopefully shift thinking. I don't think it negates, you know, what Paul is talking about when he's his letter to Timothy, you know, that we should be prepared in season and out of season to correct, rebuke, encourage, to preach, and to do that with great patience and careful instruction. But I think what we've done is we've just been really keen on making sure that the preaching part, you know, is accompanied with bells and whistles that are really exciting for people instead of having the the great patience and careful instruction part and figuring out you know how to do those things and and really be intentional about the the slow movement of of advancing people's uh, faith journey and the fact that this is the long game that we're looking for you know he he goes into the next paragraph acknowledging that he's finished the race he's fought the good fight he's kept the faith he had the long goal in mind for his own life and i think that's the kind of goal that we have to have in mind too and it's not that paul wasn't earnest i mean this is a guy who was like bionic apostle you know he was definitely driven but he also produced churches that were disciple makers and not just entertainment devices and that's probably one of the deep reckonings that I think our culture in the church has to look at ourselves in the mirror and face and really figure out how to do things differently. I I totally agree. And going back to Nathan, kind of how you queued up this conversation with that reference to a, a sermon from, I think you said John Tyson with, you know, not wanting to say like, Hey, all I have to show for 2020 is having watched Tiger King. It really almost seems like or, or seemed like at points in 2020 when the really the dominant voice of the American church was, was kind of like, Hey, like don't watch Tiger, Tiger King, watch us instead. And it's really just like, that's not a compelling switch. You know what I mean? Whereas like Jeff, what I'm hearing you talk about, not just from the apostle Paul, but also what I heard you say kind of in your first comment is that you want to be able to look back and say, you know, I was a part of something bigger. I, I was a part of something, not just, you know, I changed from watching one show to watching a show that my church put on every week. I think that, yeah, the culture of church is going to shift. And the question is, will we ride that tide, you know, or, or that, that wave or will it, will it crest and break over? We've, we've already seen in some ways a need for change. Like if we look back, I think the stats of churches that tried to reopen this summer, you had 20 to 40% of your attendance back on average. Churches that were killing it, doing amazing, had 60% back, right? I mean, the idea of let's just wait this out and hopefully we can reopen and go back to normal. Churches and organizations that tried that saw that that's not the case. That's not going to be the reality moving forward. So I do think you guys are, are on to this major shift in, you know, what what does church look like? And I also, I'll, I'll be the guy that, that says it because I think we're all kind of thinking it. I do think there's value in participating in an online gathering. I absolutely think there is. I think part of the reason you're looking at 20 to 40% is because 
so many people have disengaged from a Sunday morning online gathering, which was their main engagement with the church. I think, I think absolutely there's value in that, but I think there needs to be a shift. For many of us, our mindset is that was church. We showed up on Sunday mornings, we did church, we had lunch afterwards, and then we lived our lives outside of that. And I think 2020 has created this necessary reflection of, is that what my view of church was? And if it is, I think that's too small a view of church and what the church should be and could be and what it means to be a part of a local community body of believers. So I definitely think moving forward, these questions are questions that churches are going to have to to ask and think through. But I think there's a lot of of health in not just having to question why we have limited ourselves in church participation or being a part of a church to showing up on Sunday morning and listening to, or turning on our YouTube channels on Sunday morning and listening to, you know, a sermon for 20 minutes and being like, great, I did church and getting to move on with our lives and question, what does that, what does that mean on a bigger scale? So let me ask another question, a follow-up for you guys that kind of hits on some of the stuff that we're talking about, not just as a church, but what would you say to someone who's an individual who is at a church, who's part of a church, and their view of church up to this point has been that? Oh, I, I, I'm part of a church. I show up on Sunday mornings. Now that Sunday mornings are online, now that it seems like more and more people are watching a church gathering, but it's not on a Sunday morning, it's just when it kind of fits in the schedule, what would you encourage people and individuals to do differently in 2021 when it comes to being part of a church community than maybe they did in 2020 or even before that? Um, I think for me, I think even now you can easily be anonymous, right? You can be anonymous when we were in physical gatherings in some way, and you can be very anonymous now with Sunday gatherings. And I think, I think we all have to ask that question, is that really what being a follower of Jesus is about? And being a part of a community, like you said earlier, I think for all of us, I think we're all feeling isolated. There's a level of loneliness, frustration. There are people that are grieving. There are people that are hurting in our, you know, in our community. And we're not the only ones. And we have to realize that there are other people, whatever that we're feeling, everyone else is feeling mostly the same thing, if not worse. People are going through some really difficult times in this season. And so what does that mean for us as a church and as a community? And if we're part of a community, we would love to have the support if we are the ones that are hurting. And then if there are other people that are hurting, what are we doing about it? Are we really engaging with other people and supporting you know, our brothers and sisters? And I think those are really big questions that we need to, to ask about like, is church just about showing up on a Sunday and then going back to our regular lives? And then just that's our section of quote unquote, our Christian life? Or is it really, as I think Clint touched on this, is about what does it look like to really be an apprentice of Jesus in, our, in terms of our whole entire life? How is our everyday life really reflecting what Jesus' vision was for the kingdom, basically? And so that's kind of my one thing that I can think of when I think about what the church could be doing differently. I tend to agree. I think you know, we're going to come out of this season and I feel like there's, because this, the hunger for something to fill that kind of God-shaped hole that, you know, to use that, that kind of old 
metaphor. So if we have this innate desire that God's placed in us to seek him out, that, that's not going to change post-COVID. You know, post-COVID, I think it's going to be, if anything, people are going to be driven more to look for the, that community and that meaning. And I think this is where I think the church has to really be really attentive because the danger will be that because perhaps people are now seeking out experiences that are outside of their house that allow them to kind of be back in it and among people again, the danger for the church will be that we will just go back to the model that we had before. And because we can put on a show and we can turn the lights on and we can turn the band up to 11 and it would be exciting. And, and instead of recalibrating how to make those people's lives improved in ways that would will not be the case if all they do is come in for an hour and partake in you know a really participatory you know spectatorship uh event you know thinking more deeply about how do we meaningfully take those people from being anonymous because i agree with you matt i think the real ask for people is step out of anonymity and step into community, but not community that's a big gathering. I mean, maybe a big gathering would be great, you know, and exciting, but, but that should lead us to meaningful micro gatherings and the kind of life communities that we have at Reunion and ways to really maximize those things and really let those things be the, the true emphasis and the life's blood of our church instead of the gathering. And I feel like for so many years, it's been the reverse, right? The, the life's blood of the church has been the gathering and how cool the bells and whistles were for that. And the groups were cool. And, and maybe I'll be a part of that or maybe I won't. But no, if we're on top of our game coming out of this, we, we won't let that happen. We've got to rethink how to make group life and stepping into community and being known and knowing others crucial to how we operate. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I mean, I really hope the church, we do not go back to the way things were before when other things start going back to a new normal and start feeling more similar to how they were before. I hope the church does not fall into that. I hope that we are able to look at what we've seen in the last year. And I, I really think 2020 in a lot of ways, if there's a silver lining, it's that we can see problems, societal problems, problems in the church, areas where our focus in life has been on the things that we shouldn't be focusing on. We can see those things more clearly over the last year than we probably did before that, even though they've always or, you know, been problems for a very long time. And I really hope that the church addresses those problems so that we can come out of this uh, stronger than we went into it. Obviously there are going to be things that like Jeff said, and Nathan, you said earlier, Churches that are regathering, they're not seeing the numbers they were before. That's not what I'm talking I'm not talking about stronger numbers. I'm talking about a stronger community with a stronger focus than, than we were before the pandemic. I do think with the individual question, I would absolutely agree with everything that Matt and Jeff said about getting plugged into a community. I, I don't think you can be a follower of Jesus doing that alone. Like, not only do I just think it's impossible because of how much of being a follower of Jesus involves other people, but also trying to do that would be a very depressing 
So I absolutely agree. Getting plugged into a life community or some sort of community at whatever church you're a part of or have been attending online, do that. The other thing I'll say, just from my own experience and, and just trying to be very practical, for me, the last week of 2020, I sat down and I was like, I have got to do a new rule of life. We have been in this season of work from home, live from home for so long that my old rule of life was obsolete and I, and I never really remade it. And especially for me personally, in, in a stage of life of just this pandemic and, and everything that's going on, where so much of my experience feels like I'm in this like time warp, where I'll be talking to, to my wife, Kate, about you know, something that I think happened you know, a few days ago, and she's like, that was a couple months ago. It's very easy in that time warped kind of existence to forget like, oh man, I haven't, I've gone like three days or a week without praying at all. So for me, it has been very helpful to make a new rule of life with this new kind of way of life in mind that we're all living in. That's not really that new anymore. Just so that I can say, there are certain things I do every day now. There are certain things I do, you know, two, three times a week now, depending on what they are. And I can look at that and, I, you know, I have spreadsheets and things. Not, not that this has to be a trackable thing, but to me it's helpful because if it's not something that I can track, I can go a long time without realizing I haven't been doing the things that I verbally would say are important or even crucial just because of that time warp existence that I keep finding myself living in. I love that about you, Clayton, that you're a timesheet and, you know, a worksheet kind of guy, because it's very true to like your, your character and your na nature. And I think I, I hope that your spreadsheets are beautifully organized and that there's lots of check marks next to the things that you want them to be. I'll say for, for myself and for other people who are more wired up like me, if that scares the living daylights out of you and makes you feel like you'd be boxed in in ways that would be limiting in some way like i i feel like so i've watched a couple people from our church do things that i think have created opportunity for them to step into that new lifestyle that you're describing but just in a different way it's not necessarily i i love the idea of the the rule of life thing that you just described i think you these people have kind of captured elements of kind of how to change that that i've seen it's a woman from the, the community in quincy who started a Quincy Rocks Facebook page. She she paints rocks with her kids and distributes them around the city like and leaves them places. And, and then she leaves a little note underneath that describes how to be able to post on the Quincy Rocks page. And all it stems from is her strong personal desire to encourage people because they're gonna be walking around and probably in the sleet and the snow right now. And in, you know, in other times and other seasons, maybe it's just because COVID sucks and we're all hating life right now. And you know, a, a little rock could brighten somebody's day. So she's painting all these rocks and they're clever and they're funny. And some of them are great. Some of her, you know, are really interesting. And I, you know, I watch her little page and the way that people interact and the little bit of encouragement that she's providing in that is a rhythm that she stepped into and committed to with her life to be able to make an impact. And I think that that's beautiful and it's brilliant and it's simple. Uh, and that's very particular to her. It's not like I'm gonna say, you know, go out there and, and do that same thing for everyone else. But I think it's an opportunity right now for us to consider how can I step into a, like you're suggesting Clayton, a new rhythm 
that's intentional that gives me an opportunity to be fully alive in the spiritual life that, that God's got for me and be able to express that life and that grace and that joy with others. That, that connection, I think that's coming back to that, the idea of connecting, you know, instead of isolating and really being self-focused in this season, I guess I just continue to encourage people to find ways to break out of that in the particular streams or, or opportunities that you have that seem to make sense, you know? Kind of ask one more question of the group. But first of all, I want to say, Clayton, thanks for saying that, for talking about rule of life. I think we have a handout for rule of life, so we'll get that link in the show notes so you can jump in with that. And we'll also link the four types of community we have at Reunion for people who are maybe listening to this and wanting to jump into a community mm. of some kind. I just want to kind of wrap up with one question or thought, because I think we hit at some really good stuff of re-engaging in community, creating rule of life. But Jeff, you you had a line, I don't remember exactly what you said, but something along the lines of we're all trying to find these ways to re-engage with our our spirituality. And I think, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast and at Reunion, just because it's such an extremely important part of who we are as people and as a church about becoming apprentices of Jesus and being formed in the way of Jesus. And in 2020, we saw a lot of people just kind of grow stagnant in that process through isolation, through exhaustion, through disengagement. We've just kind of seen a lot of life kind of begin to pull people away from this process of becoming an apprentice of Jesus. And so I, I just kind of want to ask and, and leave people who might be trying to re-engage or people who maybe have never engaged in this process of, of becoming an apprentice of Jesus, on top of jumping into community, on top of maybe a rule life, on top of, of everything we've said, what's kind of one thing that you would tell people as they begin to engage or re-engage in this process of being formed in the way of Jesus? What is like the one thing you would tell people to, to step into? What's the one thing you would say, hey, it, to start this process or to, to even begin to be formed in this way, do this tomorrow. I think it's important to have one thing of, hey, turn this podcast off when it's done. There's only a couple minutes left and do this. So what would be the one thing that you would say and do this to? All right, I'll go. I think the one thing I would say is actually lament. I think in this season of loss that a lot of, that all of us are feeling, whether that's we have lost a loved one, whether it's loss of relationship, loss of the community that we had, loss of whatever it could be in your job, that lament is important. It's something that's kind of lost in church culture in our American church, I guess. And I think lament is important because it's not just about complaining. It's about really bringing things to God with hope. And the hope aspect is really important. And I think we have to realize that God is, is one that is willing to listen. He wants to listen to us and he wants us to bring those things to him and he wants to listen. And so I think that's really where I would tell people to start, I think, is to start with lament because I think we all can feel loss in this moment. And this is a way for us to really re-engage with a God who understands, who listens and wants to heal as well. That's really good, Matt. Um, I think for me, if I was going to tell someone just one thing, not knowing who that person is, just throwing something out there, 
to me, it's really helpful to think in terms of next steps. Everyone has a next step in their faith journey of finding their way back to God. Our connections team, way back when, when we were meeting in person, we used to talk about making sure every person knew, every guest knew what their next step was. And I think if I was going to tell someone, you know, one thing to do right now, it would be to think in terms of next steps. Because imagining the life that you want to have with God can seem really daunting when that's so many steps away. But just thinking in terms of what is the next step that I can take? You know, are you not in, are you not involved in community? Well, we have text, text lines set up. You can text in, we'll get you plugged into, into a group, you know, this week. If you've gone days without talking to God, prayer is probably a next step. Just treating that relationship like you would any other relationship. You know, just thinking in terms of next steps, I think is really, really helpful because those next steps add up to a journey of finding your way back to God. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I like both of the things you guys had to say, Matt. I think lamenting is is part of that process of looking at ourselves in the mirror and acknowledging that things aren't as we want them to be and to be honest. And I think the next step that you're talking about, Clayton, is the way forward so that you don't you, know, you get stuck looking in the rearview mirror too. And that's that's not where I think God would choose for us to be in this moment. So thinking of the next step, I think mine is would follow that progression. So at, at the end of that progression, <laughs> I would say pursue beauty. You know, pursue the the things that are beautiful in this life, and be passionately looking for beauty. You know, God is a creative God, and we see a lot of broken a lot of hurting there's been a lot of loss and it's really easy to get mired in that it has been very easy for me at least and the things that i think take me out of that are are opportunities to see the beauty that god has put on display in creation or in a person or in someone's gift and to be able to embrace that as a God thing and to know that he's, he's the creative God that instigates that. And when I see beauty and when I appreciate it, there's worship there and not worship of the thing, but an opportunity to worship the one who's behind the creative. And, and I get to, to reignite and, and be inspired again by a God who, who renews all things and is making all things new. Yeah. Thank you guys. I would say also email someone or text someone, invite someone into the process of all of this, invite someone to ask you in a week, if you actually have taken that step or if you've moved forward in it. I think the stat is if we don't do something in 48 hours, if we don't make movement on a goal, we're not going to actually pursue that goal unless we've invited someone into the process that will ask us if we made movement on that goal and then the likelihood of us doing that kind of skyrockets. So I think just, you know, finding a friend or someone that is, you know, a spiritual mentor to you or someone who cares about you and wants to see you, you know, make steps on this progress and just telling them, Hey, I, I need to, I need to start re-engaging. I need to start being formed again. I need to, you know, step into um, deeper apprenticeship of Jesus. And I want you to, to ask me about it in a week and make sure I, I moved on it would be a huge thanks. But 
Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for the conversation. Um, I really appreciate you guys being here. I know I joked earlier that you work at Reunion, so you had to be here, but I also <laughs> just know how deeply you guys care about the church, you know, as, as a whole entity, but more specifically Reunion as a local body and, and the people in each of your locations and this the desire to see them live, live out deeper apprenticeship to Jesus. So I really do appreciate you guys being here. Um, time for great conversation. Clayton, do you have you want to add something? Yeah, I just wanted to to add to what you just said about um, you know reaching out and emailing somebody. I mean, we're all all of us on this call are, are super busy, but we would carve out time to have those conversations. So do not hesitate to email us. Uh, we would do that for anyone in our community at the drop of a hat. Again, we'll ha- we'll add to the notes um, the link to the rule of life. Uh, link to our four types of community and the page of of getting engaged in those. And I assume you guys are all cool. I'll I'll add our emails to that as well. So someone listening can can reach out. If not, you can find them at reunionmovement.com. Like we're going to do with every episode we do of one of these, we're going to have questions that you can use to engage your spouse or your family or your life community to discuss some of the things that we talked about here. We don't want this just to be something that you listen to and just kind of move on from it. Our hope really is that it helps you engage with community, engage with your spirituality and step into kind of the deeper apprenticeship of Jesus that we've been talking about. And just all the typical podcast stuff that you kind of have to say, we're not trying to get famous by any means, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe, comment, let us know ways that we can have better conversations or conversations that are more helpful to you. Or if one of us said something that you really have more questions about. Just all of that helps us hopefully create better episodes of this podcast that help us become more deeply formed in the way of Jesus, because that's really our hope in all of this. And if you have something you really want to hear us talk about, you're struggling with, that you're thinking through, that you're processing, you can let us know. You can email podcast at reunionboston.com, and we'll start planning some of those episodes coming up in the near future. So Thanks again for listening, everyone, and I hope that we're all being formed together.